0: this morning from the book of galatians but when the time had fully come god sent his son born of a woman born under law to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons because you are sons god sent the spirit of his son into our hearts the spirit who calls out abba father so you are no longer a slave but a son And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. Thank you. You may be seated. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. And we are getting a white Christmas for sure. It continues to come down. Thanks for for braving the roads out there. I know it's... it's, uh, it's not a fun trip. Our family got away to uh, Chicago on Friday, and we drove back Friday. We we went for the day. We went in the morning, and then Friday night, uh, the road back was. Uh, it was about a three-hour drive to get there, and it was a six and a half-hour drive to get home. So, uh, it was tough. Um, but my wife planned that trip because um, our whole family's together, and so our son is back from college, and we wanted to get away to Chicago. And we uh, went to a dinner theater there and had a great time, and and. Uh, uh, we also got away down to Tennessee and saw, my Beth, uh, saw Beth's um, parents and her sister and brother-in-law. And so we spent a lot of time together as a family. And while we were there, we actually talked about family, what it means to be a part of a family. And my, my mother-in-law likes to do genealogies, and she's, she's traced the family lines way back. My brother-in-law, he's, he's from the Boston area, and they've actually traced their family all the way back to the Mayflower, to the pilgrims that came over and so he's going to England this year to to look at uh, some of the places in England where the pilgrims were. And when you do that, when you look back at your family history, you kind of see that you're a part of a bigger story than just what you know. We are all born into a family of one kind or another, and we're born into a bigger picture. And today we're going to be talking about that, what it means to be a, a part of God's family, that we are made children of God. And My family name is is Murphy, and so it's the most common Irish name that's out there, Um, and I I looked up what Murphy means, and it means Sea Warrior, okay, so I don't know that I'm following up the family name of being a Sea Warrior, I live in Indiana, um, but I'm doing my best to keep the family name going, we've got four kids, and uh, maybe one of them will grow up to be a Sea Warrior, I don't know. Dr. Bob on the other side said it's probably going to be Rachel if you know my family. It's going to be Rachel to grow up to be a Sea Warrior. Um, But I have brought them into a family and I'm passing on to them what it means to be a part of the Murphy family. And maybe as as a parent you've thought about that. What does it mean to have children and to welcome them and and, and to pass on something um, to them that means that they are a part of your family? What does it mean to be a part of your family? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because Christmas ultimately is about the divine family. It's about God. God the Father who sent His Son Jesus into the world to be our Savior. And God the Father sends His Son into what was created. As it says in John 1.1, 1, 1, the Word, uh, it was in the beginning and, and the Word became flesh. In Colossians it also says that all things were created through that Word, through Jesus everything that that we see was made by God, and then, incredibly, God chose to come into that world. And the reason that He chose to come into that world is because as God's Son comes into the world, He comes to make more sons and daughters of God. And that's, that's an amazing thing to think about, that God wants to make you a part of His family. That's why Jesus came. That's why the baby was born in Bethlehem. God's only son comes to bring more sons and daughters into the family of God. He's making the largest family ever to make the Duggar family of 19 look like like nothing. God's family is massive, huge, as he welcomes us to be a part of his family. It says in John 1.12 that to all who did receive him who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus Christ, the baby, the Son of God, comes to make us all sons and daughters of God. Now, I was born into a family of four. We have I have a sister, and that's it, just two of us, and we found uh, that, that was probably one too many oftentimes. We were always fighting with each other. We were fighting over you know, where we were going to sit at the table and what place setting we were going to have and who was going to get into the bath first and who was going to sit where and all that kind of stuff. We had sibling rivalry. But as you think about the family of God and, and Jesus, our loving, our loving uh, brother, if you will, the one who welcomes us into his family has no sibling rivalry. He welcomes us completely to be his brother, to be his child. Paul talks about this a lot as he talks about adoption. This isn't the only place that we just heard in Galatians where he talks about adoption. Adoption was, was a Roman custom, um, and Paul, being a Roman citizen, knew it very well. It was it was a common thing to, to have adoptions. And so when he talks about adoption, he speaks from experience of hearing about it, and, and he knew that his audience, a Roman audience, would understand adoption. Adoption was a legal proceeding, and it was, it was very clearly set out. There were rules for adoption. There was money that was exchanged, and, and that what was passed on was that, that family. They were, you were brought into a family, and as an adopted child, you had all the rights as a regular child. And with that comes the family name, the family property and land and wealth and power. And Paul is saying that you and I are welcomed into that type of a relationship with our God. That when He makes us into His sons and daughters, we have all the rights as a regular child. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, God sent His Son that we might receive adoption into sonship. Later on, a in his, uh, one of his epistles, uh, John writes this about adoption. And when we think about the great, the great wealth that we receive as being a part of God's family, and I'm not going to have this huge wealth to pass on to my kids, but as children of God, the wealth is surpassing anything that we could ever know. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that's what we are. We are born into this amazing family. And that's a message I think we need to hear in our world today because sometimes we feel like we're left out. That we're not really a part of anything, any family. We we our, our family issues are sometimes we have problems in our own families, or even if you have problems in your families, you feel strain on relationships in other places in your work or at school. But God says we are adopted into his family and, and those strain in our that strain in our relationships is a result of our sin. Because when Adam and Eve first sinned sinned in the garden, the relationship, relationship between them and God was broken. And their relationship between each other was changed and altered. But God promised that He would send a Savior. Someone who would come and make things right. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. The Son of God has come to be that answer. To be the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to Adam and Eve. And Jesus comes then to make us God's children again. The relationship broken in the garden when we walked with God and we have this intimate relationship, and then they're they're cast out of the garden, no longer sons and daughters of God, but they were under the curse of the law. The children of Israel, God's people, had waited for generations for that promise to be fulfilled. Paul says in Galatians 4, But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the adoption to sonship. You see, this was the fulfillment, the completion of God's promise to His people, that He would make them again a part of His family. Paul puts it this way in Acts 13. He says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. You see, Jesus came into his creation born under the law who, to fulfill that law perfectly for us. What Israel was supposed to do and they couldn't do, Jesus did. He embodied the perfect child of God. And now, he wants to make us the same, completely forgiven, justified and made right before God, adopted into God's family. Now, the work, work of adoption is, is a tough process. I know there's people here at Cornerstone who have gone through the process of adoption. We have families that have traveled around the world to adopt their children, put in lots of time and energy and money and resources to make it happen And it's initiated by the parents. The children aren't the ones that that start the adoption process. It is done by the parents. And that's what we think about our God, that He is the one who has reached out to us. Even in our brokenness, when we are completely lost and separated from God, He has gone above and beyond. He has gone to the ends of the earth. He has sent His own Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to pay the ultimate price for our adoption, as he went to the cross and died and rose again. And now we are a part of God's family. What does it mean to be a part of a family? Well, my kids, they kind of look like me and Beth. And as children of God, we start to take on the characteristics of God. As God's spirit lives in us, as it says in Galatians 4, that he has given us his spirit. That spirit starts to live in us, and we start to look like the people of God through our actions. As He has revealed life to us, that life now starts to be revealed through us as we love one another. And as we call out to Him, one of the first things that kids say is, Dada or Mama. We call out to our Heavenly Father. As Paul says in Galatians 4, we call Him Abba, Father. We we have that type of relationship with Him that we can call Him by name. It was actually the first name of the people of God, people that followed God in Genesis. Early in Genesis, it says they went there and they were known as the people who called upon Yahweh. They have that intimate relationship. That's you and me. We have that relationship with our God where we we call him Father. We start to look like him. We we sound like him. We we use his words as we hear those words in scripture. They start to be our words. The people of God are also people that don't have to live in fear like slaves live of their master. Paul kind of contrasts the idea of adopting as a child with that of slavery. And he says, you're no longer a slave. You don't have to live in fear of God. You don't have to to constantly be working like a slave with no hope of ever being set free. As John says, if the Son has set you free, then you are free indeed. You don't have to live in fear of a master, but you have the rights as a child of God. We start to look like Him. We, we use His name as Father. We don't have to live in fear of Him. And probably the greatest blessing is be, of being a child of God is that transfer of the riches of God. We are an heir of all that God has in store for us. We receive the the greatest gift that we could ever imagine. The gift of eternal life through what Jesus Christ has done for us. Paul says in Ephesians 1, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you would know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. We have the greatest inheritance waiting for us there's a story of a a seminary professor who traveled with his wife from Oklahoma where he was a professor to Tennessee to to do some speaking at a conference. And after the conference was over, he was tired, he and his wife went out to dinner and they were having a nice quiet dinner and and they noticed at the restaurant that there was an older gentleman, a stately looking gentleman, gray haired, who was going around table to table talking with people and the professor kind of looked down and tried to not get the man's attention and told his wife, I hope he doesn't come over here. Well, sure enough, the man came over and he said, how you all doing? Where are you from? And he said, well, we're from Oklahoma. He said, well, I, I hear that's a really good state. I've never been there, but what do you do in Oklahoma? And the man said, well, I'm, I'm a seminary professor. I teach homiletics. I teach preaching to pastors. And he said, oh, preaching? I've got a story for a preacher right here. So he sits down and he says, my name is Ben Hooper. And I grew up not far from here in a rural town in Tennessee. And when I was born, my mom wasn't married. I grew up without a dad. Kids used to make fun of me, and they had names for me at school. When I went to church, I'd always show up late, try to leave early so I didn't have to talk with anyone. When I was about 12, we got a new preacher at our church. And one Sunday, he finished with the benediction a little earlier than I was used to, and so I got stuck and I had to leave the church with everybody else. Well, the preacher got to me as he was shaking hands with people on the way out the door, and and he looked down at me, and he said, Now, now, who do you belong to? What what family are, are you with? Who's your dad? Well, I stammered to answer, and it felt like every eye in the church was looking at me. And Then the pastor realized what was going on, and he got a big smile on his face. And he said, I know whose you are. I see the family resemblance now. You are a child of God. You are a child of the King. And with that, he patted me on the back and he said, You have a great inheritance waiting for you. Then Hooper said, That was the most important sentence ever said to me in my life. And he got up and he left. Well, the man and the wife sat at the table kind of wondering what they had just heard and the waitress came over and and they said is is he a regular in here and and she said yeah that's that's ben hooper and they said well who's that he said she said well he used to be the governor of our state here in tennessee tennessee had twice in their history had elected someone who had been born without a father and ben hooper was one of them as we think about going from 2017 into 2018 and we think about the son of god born I want you to understand that he came to make you his child. We started a tradition in our family about a year and a half ago with our girls. um, And we pray with them every night. And we heard a pastor at Camp Arcadia talk that he blessed blessed his kids with this phrase, and we started to do it. We look at them and we make the sign of the cross on their forehead, and, and we say, you are a precious, baptized child of God. And then we follow it up with, and I love you no matter what. And it didn't take long, a couple of weeks before the girls started doing it back to us. They'd make the sign of the cross and they'd say, you're a precious baptized child of God. Jesus Christ has come, God's only son, to make you again the son of, a son or a daughter of God with all of the rights and privileges of his children Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 1. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Hear these words as we start out the new year. You are a precious, baptized child of God. And He loves you no matter what. Amen.